This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Hewlett-Packard Enterprise to acquire Cray. Lenovo outlines Transform 3.0 vision. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Addison Snell with Intersect 360 Research, joined this week by both Tiffany Trader, the editor of HPC Wire, and Doug Black of Enterprise AI. Thanks to both of you for joining us. And we've got huge news this week with the HPC acquisition of Cray. And we're going to get to that as really our main story. But before we do, let's talk quickly, Doug, that I saw you at the beginning of the week. We were both in Orlando for the Lenovo Transform 3.0 event. What did you think of that event? Well, you know, it... Uh... It's conference season. We've been to a lot of these, and it was impressive. Uh, you know, they they there was a lot of rah rah uh, speak speech making by Lenovo, uh, getting their their resellers and their customers excited. Um, one thing that happened was uh, Lenovo's uh, VP of HPC and AI, uh, Madhu Mata, was very open about uh, warnings of a possible new AI winter, which is unusual in that you normally don't hear vendors of AI equipment and services and software uh, talking along those lines. Uh, you usually hear that, you know, say from industry analysts, a few of them, or or from writers. Um, but uh, his his whole point was that uh, I'm not sure he he literally is is thinking that AI is going to close down again the way it has in previous decades. Um, but his overall point was that without strong uh, support services and software from vendors, AI is extremely difficult to implement. Um, he, he, he repeated many times that 99.99% of AI workloads have, are yet to be implemented and that AI is, is to, the, to a great degree, confined to the FANG companies and to the major companies in the in the uh, industry verticals that are adopting AI. Yeah, it's an interesting point that he made. Now he was mostly building the case for Lenovo's uh, Lenovo Intelligent Computing Orchestrator or Lico, uh, which is a, a primary software package they have for addressing AI. But I think his his point was well founded. If you think back to big data and the number of people who are launching big data initiatives and how much they related to the idea of, hey, I read about somebody who dug in his backyard and found treasure, and I would like to dig in my backyard and find treasure. Uh, Getting a shovel and starting the digging is not necessarily the most important uh, aspect of, of that equation. It's how to know what kind of treasure you might or might not have in your backyard to begin with. Uh, is a very important part of that scenario and uh, is where Lico and Lenovo are focusing with not only their software solutions, but also their services around AI. I thought it was a good event overall, as you were saying, because you get to see the breadth of Lenovo solutions and where the HPC portions uh, together with AI fit into it. We've heard a lot of companies talk about edge decor as a concept. Here, I, I thought we really got to see that play out because Lenovo has depth in manufacturing, not only in HPC, but also in hyperscale and uh, consumer and client devices worldwide. And to see that all get brought into a singular vision 
in terms of having a, an array of client side or, or consumer devices out there that are enabled IoT and 5G. And then you bring that into a core that's a cloud enabled HPC and AI enabled core that Lenovo has pieces in all of those areas and making bold statements about wanting to be the number one hyperscale provider in the world based on their ODM plus model. It was, I, I thought it was good to see all of that in context with HPC and AI and not just the HPC AI uh, portion on its own. And plus, as much as I don't cover the PC side, that foldable PC they debuted during the keynotes, I, I thought that was kind of fun. What did you think? It, it was fun. Um, it's 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 the kind of device I believe they said it's still about a year away from market ready. You know, from 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 market availability. But it, I think I took it almost as a sign of things to come that we'll have these foldable devices we can pull out of our backpacks on a plane and start typing. Um, I'm not sure if it's quite there yet with the keyboard and all of the features that are needed, but uh, certainly an interesting direction they're going in. Regardless, it was a, an interesting event by Lenovo and one that I was glad to be able to go and cover. Now, then we came home. And of course, the big news is that HPE, which is already the revenue leader in servers for high performance computing, is acquiring perhaps the most iconic brand in the supercomputing space with Cray in a deal worth $1.3 billion and set to close in HPE's first fiscal quarter of 2020, which is the February to April quarter of next year. Tiffany, you were covering a lot of this for HPC Wire. What did you see in this announcement? Yeah, this is a this is a obviously a really big story, and we should just mention at the top here that the news follows HPE's acquisition nearly three years ago of supercomputer vendor SGI for $275 million. So it further bolsters HPE's HPC portfolio uh, and their, their number one position in the HPC server market, as you just mentioned. Uh, and it gives them a really good position uh, going into the exascale era. Um, so in, in listing the justifications for, for paying, uh, we should mention, um, nearly three times Cray's annual revenues um, of uh, 400, about 450 million for their last uh, last fiscal year, and 20 times their profits. HPE cited cited HPC market research um, uh, for the market, including servers, associated storage, and services, and they projected uh, which projects growth from 28 billion in 2018 to 35 billion in 2021. So that's a that's a nine percent CAGR. And uh, they also cited this uh, $4 billion exascale opportunity over the, the next five years. And, and they really emphasize that as well. So, um, and, and while time will tell, of course, I, I think a key, a key differentiation, a key, key differentiator going into this is HPE's focus on, on honoring and continuing Cray's uh, supercomputing position. Uh, HPE CEO, Antonio Neri, emphasized uh, that HPE picked up is, is um, it had picked up SGI. Um, well, at the time, you know, they said, of course, they're, they're also important as a supercomputing company, but he really emphasized that their, their number one reason for, for that acquisition was SGI's uh, mission critical um, x86 business, which is now integrated in Superdome Flex, which is the largest shared memory single system image system um, with the implication being that with Cray's leading edge supercomputing technology, including networking, 
with slingshot, um, which, is a, which is an important element here, and a storage with cluster store, and then exascale uh, with Cray, of course, already having two of the first two U.S. exascale wins. Um, those are all major strategic re reasons for the acquisition, as well as so that's the high end, you know, and then as well as the the downstream mainstream opportunities um, with the interconnect and, and interconnect synergies and storage synergies um, as well. Yeah, there's a lot to dig in here on this announcement. Now, you gave some market numbers there with regards to $28 billion growing to uh, over the next couple of years at a 9.1 CAGR. Those were uh, numbers from our friends at Hyperion Research. I can't uh, state exactly what it was they're citing, but it looks to me like they're taking the total HPC market and taking software out in order to get to those uh, numbers, which would then be close to in line with uh, how we see them uh, going forward, although that's a little high for a CAGR compared to how we would see it. We see the, the CAGR for the overall HPC market is 6.8% over the next five years uh, in the market, not quite up in that nine range. But still, the point stands that we're going after this uh, market opportunity here. And in terms of shares, HPE is the overall leader in servers at about 31.9%, narrowly ahead of Dell for this year. This is now using all of our own numbers, of course. Cray back in fifth position with 2.8% of the market. So that's going to add ultimately a few points of share for HPE. Now, one interesting thing that does is it affects some of these large-scale exascale uh, contracts that we already see coming out of DOE. Cray is already involved in two of these major exascale initiatives from the Department of Energy in the U.S. National Labs, the Aurora system, where Intel is the prime vendor, and then Cray is the prime vendor for the Frontier system, that Aurora system's at uh, Argonne National Labs and Frontier at Oak Ridge National Labs. But the bigger thing to dig into here for me is that purchase price of $1.3 billion. You rightly pointed out, Tiffany, that's nearly three times their revenue for last year. Or you can look at it versus profits. It's about 20 times their profits from last year. Either way, that's about 3x over what I would expect to see as a purchase price in a stable kind of market. So that leaves you know two conclusions. One is that everyone at HPE is crazy. I don't think that's right. The other is that they see some other value here where they can take the Cray technology into some other area. And I think that's certainly worth exploring. Um, Doug, you were talking about this acquisition and comparing it to some of the other acquisitions we've seen recently, in particular with regard to networking. Well, we, we're clearly seeing a lot of... Uh, Acquisition activity at, at this at the high end of this market uh, with Nvidia, Mellanox, and then Xilinx Solar Flare, um, and uh, and there are obviously networking uh, implications to this deal as well. So it it appears what these companies are all trying to do is position themselves around the platform vendors, really positioning themselves around being able to uh, deliver. The capabilities involved in this emerging, I, I, I'm sort of calling it a holy quintet of uh, HPC, big data, uh, AI, 5G, and IoT. So compute everywhere infused with AI, uh, rapid data movement, high, high performance networking, um, 
and uh, it, it's it's clearly the trend you know that's going on here that and HP wants to be wants to wants to compete uh, with the other platform vendors on. Yeah, it is interesting, and and we do see the slingshot is is a potential asset that's going in on the Cray side. But to me, the upside when I start looking for it, I I wasn't really seeing too much of it in terms of. What's the on-premise play for delivering these Cray technologies to, to so many more business customers that HPE wasn't already selling to? Not that I don't like Cray. I think Cray is a great technology, but we haven't seen a big expansion of it into these commercial markets until, uh, as Tiffany was saying in the rundown from the analyst call, they mentioned storage as one of the key technology areas. Now, this is an area where I have been critical of HPE in the past, particularly on the high-performance computing side, that their, that their storage portfolio is not as well-developed as their HPC server portfolio is. And Cray uh, has that cluster store asset, which was previously from Seagate, was the Xyratex line of scalable storage that Cray essentially bought for no money by hiring all of the engineers and getting the brand when Seagate was closing down that division. Um, It could be that what we see is the potential for HPE to take that cluster store line and repurpose it, sell it a lot more broadly than Cray has been able to do previously, because that's been a relative weakness for HPE. And if HPE could uh, could add 50 or 100% to its storage footprint in these high-performance markets, that would very quickly start making up the, the gap in, in uh, the expected purchase price versus the current value of those assets. Tiffany, what do you think about that in terms of uh, other things that you see in terms of how we evaluate that? Yeah, I think I think that's right. I think that those same that same go-to-market strength that HPE has is also um, driving uh, synergies on the services side too. And I, I think that was another big uh, justification reason for this deal was uh, HPE's ability to take their, their go-to-market strategy and to, to drive Cray into the commercial market, in, including the storage too, and then, and then sell services. Yeah, and, and it, during their um, analyst call last week, we heard two figures. One was either, it's either two thirds or 80% of Cray business is in government. But HP sees potential to take pieces of Cray technology out into their, you know, global sales and marketing uh, capability to sell into commercial uh, commercial sectors. And you know, the other point is on trying to calculate why they uh, paid the surprising multiple on revenues for Cray. It could be that HP and these other vendors are seeing really new markets, uh, new market potentials that are not immediately evident uh, around things like 5G. You know, it's been said that 5G is not 4G on steroids. It's really going to open up new workloads, new markets. And, um, and again, it's as though these, these, these platform companies are seeing uh, major opportunities that are really getting them aggressive on building out their, their, uh, their portfolio and capabilities. Yeah, and it's certainly something that HPE has done successfully before with the SGI asset. Now, that one we saw a clearer path with, and we've covered in HPC Wire on your side, and we talked about on this podcast uh, during the HPE acquisition of SGI, the notion of moving that shared memory NUMA architecture into the business side for applications like SAP HANA, and that's exactly what HPE did by moving it into what's now the Superdome Flex line 
uh, I think we're going to be looking for what are the breakout opportunities for Cray technologies in areas beyond the traditional HPC users that Cray was already serving. Tiffany, that's, that was kind of where you were going with that, right? Right. Yeah. And I think, I think that's true. So I think we've, we've kind of been looking here, you know, what, what is the potential for the broader market? But then I think we have to turn around and also, you know, ask our, ask, um, you know, the big question is, uh, will, will this be good for, for HPC? Will this be good for leadership supercomputing as well? You know, with, with the acquisition, with, with the acquisition of SGI by HP, Cray was the last remaining pure play supercomputing and, and one of, um, only three uh, three major U.S. Um, HPC vendors, you know. So um, I think whether this ultimately will be will be good for leadership supercomputing and whether HPE will uh, maintain a long term commitment to continuing Craze heritage uh, and leadership on the pure play supercomputing side. I mean, ultimately that that remains to be seen. But near term, I'd say this is a uh, this is a positive um, development for the coming big contracts at NERSC with Perlmutter and uh, at Argonne with uh, Aurora and, and Oak Ridge with Frontier, those, those last two being the, the first two um, supercomputing contracts for the U.S. expected to be uh, stood up in 2021. Um, I expect and initially Cray will uh, remain independent and HPE won't want to disrupt the deals that are in process, and if anything, HP will put its significantly deeper pockets behind ensuring the successful f- fulfillment of those uh, contractual deliverables and, and timelines. Um, just uh, recall, uh, Cray has about um, $700 in exascale contracts plus another hundred and something at NERSC in, in the near time frame, and you know that's that's twice its um, its annual revenue where uh, HPE's annual revenue is at uh, 30 billion, which I think is a 67 X uh, differential. So, um, you know, near term, I think it would be, would be positive to have that additional, additional backing behind those exascale projects. This does give HPE a footprint in this zenith of supercomputing sites that are the, the government lab sites. HPE had already done quite well on the commercial side with uh, installations like BASF or any on the uh, oil and gas side. So, you know, this now brings them in, back into that government lab space. You make a good point about it, it kind of uh, narrowing it down the, the field again and, and not having the, the pure play supercomputing provider. I, I remember when uh, it was just SGI because SGI had bought Cray. We've got SGI and Cray back under the same roof again. I was there the last time that happened in the late 1990s. And now it's come back around full circle again with uh, HPE has uh, now got SGI and Cray Technologies in the same company again. That is true. That's a good point. Um, and, uh, you know, beyond beyond what we've covered here, we, we still have a lot of questions um, still remaining to be answered uh, about how, uh, how everything will um, be structured going forward, you know, how it will impact the different departments. And the organizational structure, you know, Hewlett Packard will be wanting to optimize production and sales. Will they? Will they? Will they keep the Cray brand? And how? You know, to what extent will they keep the Cray brand? Uh, there's several positions that might overlap, and we don't yet know how, how that will be structured. Um, but one thing that we do know at this point, and that Angaro and um, Pete Angaro and and Antonio Neri have um, the two CEOs have uh, both confirmed is that. Pete will lead the the new combined business unit um, at HPE. 
that's going to be interesting to follow and also going to be interesting to follow the organizational support within HPE, where the HPC part of the business unit has been doing very well, but the rest of the business unit in enterprise has been struggling. We've seen that as of 2018, that got to a, a record high of a proportion of the enterprise server business within HPE. It was going to HPC, uh, which you know is good for the strategic importance of HPC. And now it's going to go even higher. But ultimately, that business unit around it has to be successful in order to uh, continue getting a lot of the, the shared resources there. So that'll be something else to continue to watch. But in the meantime, it, this is big news. This is a major acquisition for the year. We're going to be talking to all of them when we get to the ISC conference next month. Uh, and uh, definitely a story for us to continue to follow up on. Our listeners can go check up on these stories on HPC Wire. Tiffany, Doug, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. And thanks to you for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.